It was worth traveling 7,000 miles in order to reunite with Rabbi Dr. Eli Abadi in Dubai. We can never get this done on the Upper East Side. No, we never, in fact, uh, were able to conduct an on-air conversation when we were in New York. But we travel to Dubai, to the UAE, and all of a sudden, we're able to uh, sit down with Rabbi Abadi and have a conversation. He is the senior rabbi of the Jewish Council of the United Arab Emirates. And frankly, when I first met him almost 40 years ago, I never thought that I'd be introducing him as the senior rabbi of the Jewish Council of the United Arab Emirates. Rabbi Dr. Eli Abadi, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, my dear friend Nahum. Yes, 40 years ago, we were sitting together at a shiur at yeshiva. And, and nobody, look where we are today. And huh? look where we are today. <laughs> nobody knows what the future holds. That is so true. Um, let's start from the beginning, because you were not born in the United States, correct? Correct. You were born where? I was born in Beirut, Lebanon, and I'm sure as we were sitting in the shiur and the way I would pronounce the Hebrew words of the Talmud were slightly different than the, re- the rest of the... Bahrim were pronouncing. So you were born in Beirut at a time when that was known as the Paris of the Middle East. Uh, That's correct. And And now, it's funny, we're sort of in the Paris of the Middle East right now. Absolutely. So that's why I said that when I was uh, appointed and named as the senior rabbi, I said I'm really kind of coming back home, closing the circle. It's funny you say that, but it's actually true to an extent. Why not? Uh, It's more to an extent. It's the same language, the same tradition, the same uh, culture. And indeed, you know the whole back. routine, as we like to say. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so at what age did you get to the United States? Well, I actually, I left Lebanon at age 10. We immigrated to Mexico as refugees. Wow. And then at age 18, after Yeshiva High School, I came to the United States to, the, to study at Yeshiva. So when we met, you had just been a quote-unquote American for a very short amount of time. Uh, absolutely. Maybe was just resident, actually. Right. May not have been yet a citizen. How did you adjust to the whole situation there in Washington Heights well, <laughs> in I, such a quick period of time? Well, actually, in Washington Heights, I kind of felt at home also because it <laughs> <Spanish>. was... Spanish. Exactly. <laughs> the Spanish language did not... Uh, did not you was, could walk the streets and feel like you're, you're part of the group. Absolutely. Huh? I was walking down the street saying hello, hola to all the neighbors without any fear and without any concern, while the rest of the, my friends at Yeshiva, they were all worried. <laughs> I, I remember, believe me, yeah, especially right. in that era as you remember. That's correct. It was much different than today. And some of the great supporters, if I'm not mistaken, of UC University came from Mexico. Am I right? That's I, correct. I believe the... That's correct. Uh, just remind me which the family. Marcos the Marcos Katz family. The Marcos Katz family is a Mexican family. That's correct. I think till this very day, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Wow, interesting. So what a tradition. Lebanon, Mexico, and then New York City. So then at some point, in it, uh, at some point you actually obtain a medical degree, right? Absolutely. I make yes. it sound like you bought it, but no, you, no. you worked hard to uh, getting a medical degree. Believe me, I worked hard. Four years medical school, one year internship, two years residency, three years of uh, of fellowship. So it's with like, the encouragement it's, uh, of your parents, were they like were they years. were they at the forefront of making sure you got a medical degree? Absolutely. Which Jewish mother doesn't want to have as, a son even the as ones from Beirut? Huh? Even, even the ones from <laughs> Beirut. <laughs> and then, of course, it, it was absolutely wonderful when we heard the news that you had taken a position in the rabbinate. And one wonders, you know, Rabbi, Doctor, you know. Which one does he decide to, uh, you know, to, to have dominate his life? But in a way, you had both dominate your life, uh, right? You, you always had that medical piece in addition to the rabbinic piece. Absolutely. I was raised Torah im melacha or Torah im avodah. And I was raised with that uh, Sephardic tradition that you serve God and you serve humanity. 
of course the the paradigm the 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 best example is Maimonides but together with him there were over thousands of Chachamim right. in Spain that had double uh, profession the rabbinate on one hand and something else on the other hand and we should point out that today the Upper East Side Jewish community is booming well, uh, during COVID, that may be the wrong word to use because so many people have left Manhattan. But I think you know what I mean until this whole pandemic started. Sure. And, and part or majority of the credit would go to you. You helped build a really important section of New York City, which I know has a rich tradition. There were plenty of Jews there, but there's certain sections of the Upper East Side that really did, were, was not enjoying a strong Jewish presence until you got there. Uh, absolutely. There, the, the Sephardic community of the Upper East Side was minimal, really minimal. And Baruch Hashem, as I arrived there in 2002 with the Edmund J. Safra Synagogue, right. we were able to build a uh, beautiful community, Lechavodul Tif'aret. We built a community center, the Moi Safra Community Center. We built a school, the Sephardic Academy of Manhattan. And so indeed, we were able, with the help of Hashem, build an entire community, uh, booming, strong, uh, with a great presence. Until this day, uh, I'm sure you know that even, even today, again, all COVID... Um, uh, suggestions aside, uh, it's not just a strong community. It's also a strong young community. You have a lot of youth, uh, young couples in the Sephardic community who are moving to that area of Manhattan. Uh, absolutely, and that's why we saw the need to start a school. Right. We have an early childhood program going into an elementary school, and that was a, is a cycle, so to speak. We recognize the need for it, and once you build it, more young couples with children right. came. You for they used to come for one year and then go back to the suburbs. But now, because of the school, the community center, and the Bet Knesset, they have stayed there for the rest of their life. So even in that section of your life where you're leading all these hundreds of families, you're still able to maintain a medical career? Was that on pause? How did it work? I did not. I did all, all along, I kept my two professions. It's of pretty course, amazing. Yes. Of course, I started originally with more medicine and less rabbinate, right. but always I had them. And then as I uh, took charge of the community in the city and built it, then I was more rabbinate and shifted, but I still was always doing two to three days a week medicine, two days a week medicine. So, and believe it or not, even here, I will be doing the same thing. Today, I had... uh, Do you have a degree to, or or, or whatever credentials are necessary to be in the medical profession here? That's correct. They will take my American credentials and and revalidate them here. And today, I had a meeting with a hospital, and I'm going to be doing endoscopy, (laughs) colonoscopy, practicing GI, also two days a week. And I probably have the most advanced equipment here in this country, I would bet, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Even better than what you were using back in the U.S. Most likely, yes. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Um, Rabbi Dr. Elia Badi is here. Now, how does one with the resume, and I hope everyone was listening over the last few minutes because what a fascinating story your life is. How does one with this resume then become the senior rabbi of the Jewish Council of the United Arab Emirates. It's 7,000 miles away from Manhattan. It's nowhere near your homesteads of Beirut and Mexico. Tell me how one gets this position. Well, I, uh, I got to know the community for the last two years. I came, I visited it, I brought a Sefer Torah. We uh, celebrated Purim together, and uh, I established communication with the community and also with, with government officials as I got to know them. And uh, in my two years of advising the community, uh, partnering with Rabbi Sarna uh, and uh, doing work in a sense together, finally the community and Rabbi Sarna said, you know what, 
why don't you just go there, be there, you'll be the right fit, you'll, you'll feel at home uh, with your Arabic and with your culture that you know. You there was probably, never a permanent rabbi in that position. There was never a local permanent right. rabbi, correct. Who lived here, Who lived here, right. a resident rabbi. And so uh, I thought about it for a few days and I said, you know what? It's definitely closer to Lebanon than from New York. <laughs> when did it become official? When did you get this position well, official? Well, the, the appointment was uh, official October 16, and I arrived here November 12th. Unbelievable. And without the UAE-Israel deal, I don't know if it's a, it affects what you just described or not in terms of your own history. Would, would, would you be the senior rabbi here? Would you have a residential pulpit or did the deal really have nothing to do with what you were going through? Uh, most likely I would have had it. However, the deal definitely sped things up. The deal opened up doors. The deal uh, uh, created an influx of Jews and Israelis uh, where a Jewish community, a present and flourishing Jewish community is very necessary to support and maintain Jews who are going to live here, Jewish businessmen, and even Jewish tourists. So and you are now here. You are now here. Your family is here, or, or here. some of your my, family? Uh, my family is following me. I came to prepare the territory, so to speak, get it ready, and my family will be following me soon. Right, because at this point, I assume you have adult children, and some could decide to, to come with you, and others could That's correct. Could they, pursue told me, their they, they told me, Abba, you know, Dad, if you find us a job over there, we're following <laughs> through. We're coming with you. <laughs> They're going to use you for networking in order, <laughs> in order to get something in their own well, field of uh, expertise. Not just them, but there is a whole line of people wanting some connections. <laughs> Including some of the people you served in Manhattan? Uh, of course. Who would like to come here and be part of this? Of course. Of course. That's many, pretty unbelievable. Many people told me in the community and also outside the community, says, why don't you go there, start a beachhead for us, and uh, if there are opportunities, we would love to come. And now that we know you're there and the way you build the community in Manhattan, we're sure you'll be able to build that over there. That's what I would say. So think. we wouldn't, we would lack nothing. Uh, you've set the bar high with, with what you did in Manhattan, frankly. Uh, you and I, I'm sure, on the same page that there's really only one community that we want to see grow in this world as a Jewish community. That's, of course, the greater Jewish community of Israel. All that aside for a moment, speaking in realistic terms, do you think people from around the globe would move here and help you build this community to be even larger? I do believe they will because uh, the United Arab Emirates has become now the beacon of freedom of religion, a very welcoming society and community. A community, a country that wants to have a population that lives in peace and harmony, and they understand the value of peace and coexistence. Uh, I can say there is no uh, visible uh, anti-Semitism, uh, and we know unfortunately just the opposite. Of from exactly, what it's, it's the welcoming. The people on the street they see me with kippah, they say shalom, they want to take pictures. Uh, so far, all my dealings with government officials and important families have been very, very welcoming. Uh, loving the idea of having Jews uh, and Israelis right. in this country. They want the business, they want them to come and see, and they want them to come and live. Does your position need the approval of the royal palace or anything like that? Is there anything uh, official from the... Well, th there is definitely a need for a, a nod and an authorization, and yes. So uh, they read up about you? Uh, more, yeah, more, <laughs> more than read up about me, that's correct, and it was authorized, and of course is, is also certified and licensed right. to practice the rabbinate, so to speak. Right. But as you know, a Western world is becoming, uh, anti-Semitism is increasing in Europe and even in the United States. Yeah, we know it. And uh, you have in Europe, for example, uh, many of the Jews, especially in France and in England, 
their origins are from North Africa and the Middle East. So uh, that Jewish community will feel very, very comfortable coming and living here, if for any reason they don't want to live in Israel. Uh, but of course, Israel is the greater Jewish community. However, there'll be many, many families and many Jews who would want to find maybe a different place for now to flourish, to live, to develop, and to have to take uh, make opportunities and, and take them. Right. And people want to take advantage of the business opportunities, as you point out. And uh, that will, as we've seen from Jewish history, that will attract Jews from all around the world, as Absolute. industries tend to do. Absolutely. If I could make a historical parallel, sure. maybe is the same thing, uh, maybe not at that, uh, that uh, degree, but uh, when the Sultan Bayezid from, from the Ottoman Empire opened up, opened up uh, the doors of the right. empire to welcome all the Sephardic exiles uh, from Spain, that's how I feel it's happening now here in the United Arab Emirates and actually in the region because Bahrain is also another country that uh, right. that has a Jewish community and has opened up its doors. And has a peace agreement with and Israel. And has a peace with Israel. And so I feel in at certain degree in a similar historical fashion that now the UAE and the, uh, the Gulf region is opening up its doors to welcome the Jewish people to come, settle, do business and live. Have you brushed up on your Arabic? Which means? I speak Arabic very well. You <laughs> <laughs> certainly impressed me with that line. I'll tell you that much. Um, all, 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 yeah, all my dealings, all my dealings with government officials and local Emirati people are all in Arabic. That must be for them a a unique experience seeing uh, a rabbi come from the West and being able to communicate like uh, that with them. Absolutely, they all have told me it's so refreshing to see a Jew, uh, you know, selling telling them parables in Arabic, parables that they remember since they were kids, or singing with them famous classical Arabic songs, which they enjoy. So you wonder why God put you in Lebanon for 10 years. Uh, I guess so. Now you know what kind of orientation he was giving you, a very important one. I guess so. Rabbi Dr. Ali Abadi, what a way to reunite. I'm so excited that you're here, and I am congratulating you on behalf of this vast and uh, very serious Jewish audience on being the senior rabbi of the Jewish Council of the United Arab Emirates. And uh, years from now, people will ask you, were you really part of the initial historic Nahum Siegel broadcast from Dubai? And you will have this to pull out of your drawer. You will have an NSN, Nahum Siegel Network, Dubai 2020 shirt as evidence that you were part of our initial broadcast from Dubai, UAE. I hope you accept this with pride. Of course, I will accept <laughs> it with pride, but I will wear it also with, with pride. There you go. That's Thank what you very much. That's what we're counting on. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Rabbi Abadi. Thank you, my dear friend, Nahum. Simply All amazing. And welcome to Dubai. Tadarabah. And we look forward to our next visit and uh, participating with you in your services and in your community. More coming up. You are listening to a Thursday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM.